Welcome to the Strategic Investor. Join us as we interview some of the world's most productive asset managers and uncover sophisticated and unique investment strategies in the markets. Here is your host, Charlie Wright. Hello and welcome to Strategic Investor Radio and OC Talk Radio, where we bring you investment strategies you are not hearing elsewhere. Thank you for joining us. And we have the pleasure and privilege of talking today with Max Gold, Director of Investment Strategies at ETF Securities. They offer ETFs for commodities and other beyond traditional asset classes. And Max speaks to us from their headquarters in New York City. Max, welcome to Strategic Investor Radio. Yeah, thanks, Charlie. Thanks for having me. So, Max, uh, you were an investment uh, researcher at World, the World Gold Council. You've been an investment strategist at several Wall Street, large Wall Street firms, and your focus has always been commodity. The elephant in the room, your name is Max Gold, and you are a strategist <laughs> in ETFs for commodities. So was that self-fulfilling prophecy? Did your parents have a dream? What's the, <laughs> what's the connection here? Yeah, no. I do get that a lot, actually, non-surprisingly, I guess. But you could say it was a bit faded that I ended up in the uh, asset class and area that I am. I always think back to that old Seinfeld episode where you have the ice cream man named Cone. So I guess it's a similar property or a principle happening there for me. But, yeah, I mean, I really enjoy commodities. I've been focused in the area for several years now. As you mentioned, my background's been rooted in investments, uh, primarily on the buy side with asset allocation, portfolio construction for individual clients. And I've always sort of seen the need for unique asset class investments alternatives to be incorporated into uh, portfolio strategies to really enhance you know, the benefits out there in the market that you can garner from uh, asset classes such as commodities. And so today we're going to be talking about commodities, but just for the record, you guys also cover FX as well as some fixed income and equities in your ETFs, correct? That's correct. So we're a global firm, ETF Securities. Our, our HQ is in London for the global presence, but here in the U.S., uh, our, our firm is headquartered in New York. And overall, we have about uh, $24 billion in AUM across ETF funds in FX, equities, and really anchored core in commodities. So we do cover the gamut across multi-asset classes, you know, looking at different opportunities, ways to help clients access those different markets. And we've really been in the game uh, since 2003. And our firm and our founder actually was helped uh, set up the first uh, physically backed gold product out in Australia back in 2003. And interestingly enough, uh, the way that they thought about that was actually tied to securities that were traded in Australia at the time that were linked to wine securities, so physical securities that actually were anchored and tracking and dragging along a crate of wine with it. And they sort of used that similar principle of a fund structure to help develop the physically backed gold product that was first launched by our firm in Australia. And it was essentially the prototype used for every other fund launched since then uh, across the world. So, you know, we do have a, a strong presence and background in not just the precious metals, but the commodities markets as well, and really being an innovator there. So, Max, commodities. Let's focus on commodities today rather than the others. Everybody knows the U.S. stock market. Uh, and, and it's in throughout their 401k plans, and everybody knows how it's performing typically every week or month or so. Uh, well, I say everybody, I, I mean investors here. 
but commodities, it's a special portion of the market. And really, there wasn't much of an opportunity in the past before ETFs to invest so much in commodities. And uh, the futures market is not nearly as well known as equities and other markets. So why should an investor or an, inv uh, an advisor of investors include commodities in their portfolio investments in ETF securities opinion here? Yeah, I think that that's the first question whenever I talk to a client or someone who's interested in the industry for commodities is why should I include them in a portfolio? Why should I think of them as an investment as part of my asset allocation? And the way I try to break it down is there's really three key functions that's unique to commodities as an asset class. You know, First and foremost, most people associate commodities such as oil, gold, silver, copper, or even grains and wheat. Uh, you know, with the price level. I think that's the most commonly uh, reported part of the commodities market. Where's the price? Is it up today? Is it down today? What's driving that? And so uh, there is a, a certain aspect of price appreciation or trying to uh, gain from the rise in pricing for commodities as there is for any other asset or investment in the market. But beyond that, I think there's two key distinctions that make commodities unique investments really from a more of a portfolio perspective, so a little bit more of a holistic approach to investing, less so I'm going to speculate that the price will rise or the price will fall and bet my way there. So for that first, you know, be, uh, first uh, characteristic for commodities is that they are non-correlating assets to equities, to fixed income, and other risk assets. And what that means basically is that you can expect them to not act in the same manner when the equity markets rise, so you know we are seeing uh, stock markets hit higher and higher uh, highs every day. Meanwhile, we're seeing uh, fixed income uh, bid up with the demand for yield globally. And so what commodities can help act as a source of diversification, and, you know, providing a source of risk management so that if we do see volatility or a pullback in you know, one of the more traditional uh, markets, such as stocks and bonds, we can see commodities try to offset that and provide a ballast so that you know, they do offset uh, any kind of volatility there. And uh, that's what, really first and foremost where okay. I, think, I think the average investor would incorporate commodities for diversification. Okay. Well, what do you see, uh, since you talk about commodities all day long, what do you see as the common misconceptions by investors and advisors of the commodity marketplace? I think there's really uh, one or two key misconceptions. Um, you know, first about commodities, I think a lot of investors think that they aren't a real asset class. You know, they're very um, heterogeneous in, in the fact that the commodities that make up the asset class aren't necessarily the same. So if you look at oil, oil is very different than copper. Copper can be different from wheat. Uh, you know, that's not the case if you look at, say, U.S. equities. You have stocks and bonds in different sectors, but they're all stocks, and they have a high correlation amongst each other. And I would tend to disagree because really what drives commodities and what links them together is that they are rooted in the supply and demand, the fundamentals of each market for the commodity. And that's really what drives the outlook as well as the price behavior. And so I think that's unique because when you invest in commodities, you're investing in the cyclical factors that drive demand, that drive the demand in China for copper or that drive the demand in Europe for gold. And I think that that really is a distinct factor of the global economy and the global market that moves in its own way set a little bit separate from other uh, traditional asset classes like stocks and bonds. And so I think that that's, a, that's one of the misconceptions, that because commodities aren't ne don't necessarily look the same on the surface, that they shouldn't be grouped together as an asset class. And then just sort of a, an, as a dovetail, another misconception I get is certainly around uh, gold as, as a, an investment, as, an, as a commodity, 
is that people think, traditionally view gold as a, as a hedge against inflation, and that's actually a big misconception. Uh, when you actually look at gold historically, how it's performed versus different measures of inflation, such as price inflation, CPI, you know, it actually does, it does all right, but it doesn't do that great, not as, as well as it would be expected, seeing as how gold's always associated with rising inflation. And you know, if you actually look at some other commodities out there, they are actually better hedges against inflation, particularly oil and energy, as well as some of the industrial metals like silver, as well as look at palladium as well. So there are other commodities out there that are better hedges against inflationary pressures. Really, where gold comes into play is that it helps preserve spending power over time by moving with those rising price inflation, but also helping offset any kind of moves in the currency markets, particularly for U.S. investors, that would be what's happening with the dollar. And if the dollar weakens, that can be inherently inflationary, reduce your wealth and spending power over time. And what gold is great at is help preserving that spending power over long periods of time by keeping up with the dollar as well as those price movements in, uh, in inflation. Max, let's talk for a minute about uh, tracking error. I've heard uh, more than once that, in particular with oil, that there is significant tracking error between an index and the price of oil. Uh, I, I don't know that that has occurred so much with gold, uh, and I presume that it's very possibly uh, has occurred with agricultural commodities. Uh, so talk to us about tracking error. Is that a, an occurrence in the marketplace? Is that concern valid? Uh, has it been handled over the past uh, year or two? Tell us about tracking error. Yes, that is a big concern for a lot of investors who are looking to invest in commodities through futures contracts. And really what drives that tracking error is if you want to try to invest directly into the spot price of a lot of commodities, particularly oil, as well as some of the agricultural commodities such as wheat, sugar, cotton, it can be difficult because there is no set spot price. So you have to invest in the futures contract that's closest to maturing, essentially representative of the, the current market for that commodity. And the issue becomes is that when we do see changes and shifts of that futures market, that futures curve, we, do, we get something what's called contango, which is basically you're selling, you're rolling into a contract and it has a negative return because essentially you have a contract due and you're rolling into uh, a different price. And so essentially that can cause that big tracking error versus what the spot price should be for that market. And really where investors get frustrated and have gotten frustrated in recent years is the fact that that contango or that negative return or drag from that tracking error has certainly weighed on their performance when they try to invest in certain commodities. You know, there are vehicles out there that have helped to uh, offset this, you know, sort of this, this uh, institutional traffic that drives this, this negative tracking error. And, you know, certainly I think there's the, uh, a common way to avoid this is actually to look to take a futures position in a commodity longer out in the futures curve or longer into, the, into time instead of just the front, math, front month, which is due maybe uh, next month, look to go three months or six months later on in, in, into the future, and you can help avoid sort of this negative roll yield uh, that's due to uh, that contango issue structure in the market. You know, we appreciate your honesty and uh, your uh, forthcoming here with, with, with uh, re recognition of issues and challenges. This is an area that, again, most investors, as you know, and advisors are not that familiar with. We've got lots more to talk about. We need to take a break right now. And when we come back, let's talk about the uh, the advantages of ETFs over 
manage, advantages or disadvantages of ETF commodity investing versus managed futures commodity investing. Again, we're talking with Max Gold. Yes, that is his real name. He is the director of investment strategies at ETF Securities, and he's talking to us from New York. I'm Charlie Wright, and we'll be right back. All right, time for the tip of the week. Charlie, what do you have? Paul, today we've got a tip of the week for advisors. We're talking with Troy Weingarner of Advisor Financing. They finance independent RIAs. So, Troy, uh, we've heard that there are a third of all advisors are over 60. And I heard recently at a conference that there are more CFPs over 70 than there are under 30. So this is a prime time over the coming few years for people to really start selling their practice. Typically in the past, the preferred method has been SBA. Is that still the case today? There is a tremendous demographic shift going on with retiring advisors. And yes, that has been the the typical choice of SBA lending. But frankly, SBA lending doesn't work well in the financial advisory industry. Uh, you can't do partial, partial buyouts. So a junior buying a senior. It's very limited. The terms are not advisor-friendly, generally higher rates, generally you have to secure it with your home or residence. The good news is, Charlie, we have conventional lending in the marketplace. We've been able to bring conventional lending with better terms, better rates to the marketplace. Okay, so for those who would like to know more here, Troy, where can they go? Sure. Our website is advisorfinancingllc.com. We have a lot of information and a program overview for our lending program. Okay, very good. Joy, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you. All right, back to Charlie and his guest. Thank you, Paul. Again, we're talking with Max Gold, Director of Investment Strategies at ETF Securities. So, uh, Max, many people invest through managed futures to access the commodities marketplace. What are the basic differences, advantages and disadvantages, between purchasing a long-only ETF commodity versus investing into managed futures through a managed futures manager? Yeah, I think the basic difference that I see is when you're investing in a long-only investment to commodities, say, for example, through an ETF, you're trying to capture the commodity market or the market exposure. And that's really because that's rooted into the global economic cycle, driven by increased manufacturing, industrial production, as well as rising inflationary pressures. And that's the environment that we tend to see commodities outperform other asset classes. And so that's really where I, uh, I see the benefit from gaining exposure to these unique factors that drive commodity markets as, first and foremost, a source of diversification in your portfolio, as well as a way to capture a different side of the economic cycle. Now, if you're looking at, say, more of an active managed uh, you know, investment in commodities, you know, certainly that is a little bit more tactical. You're looking to just outperform a set benchmark or just increase your uh, net return and not really, I'd say, concerned from a, a diversification or risk management standpoint and much more tactically looking to you know, profit or outperform. And the issue that we've seen with a lot of the active, active commodity managers uh, to date is that they've underperformed uh, due to a challenging commodity market in recent years and have actually exited the market or closed down funds. Because you know, where, where they thrive, the type of commodity market they thrive in is a volatile commodity market. 
And, you know, commodities are broadly can be very volatile by themselves. You know, the most volatile commodity is probably natural gas. That's annualized volatility is about 50% compared to, say, the S&P 500, which has about 15% of volatility. And so with, without that environment where we've seen volatility become much, much more low, uh, lowered in recent years, it's been a challenging environment for active traders to try to outperform commodities. Also, the fact that commodities are much more volatile can make it more challenging to actively uh, get on the right side of a position. Now, if you're looking to just track long only uh, and, and, and sort of ride the, ride the wave of the commodity market and the commodity cycle, I think that has the benefits of gaining unique factor exposure to those drivers of commodity markets globally rooted in the supply-demand equation as well as rising inflation and rising uh, global economic uh, you know, drivers. And so that's really where I see the benefit that can add the diversification, the risk management benefits to a, a portfolio of stocks and bonds, comparing that to, say, a fund that's just looking to, uh, to profit and now perform and tactically trade positively that may not have that same sort of diversification risk management benefit and, and, and may look to uh, take the wrong side of, of, a, of a bet uh, compared to, say, just a broad-based exposure to the commodity market itself. So tell us, Max, you guys have several dozen ETFs. Basically, how are they divided? You've got energy ETFs, you've got uh, metals ETFs, you've got agri agricultural, all on the commodity side. How are they divided? Can somebody buy an ETF in corn or in wheat, or do you combine several of those together? So we do have products that have uh, exposure to broad-based commodity indices, such as the Bloomberg Commodity Index which is the most tracked commodity index in the world. And we, do have, uh, and we do have products that are specific to single commodities, such as gold or silver or even platinum and palladium. And we do have sector uh, funds out there that track a broad-based grouping of one commodity sector, such as the energy sector, which holds oil, natural gas, heating oil, and diesel fuel. And so we break it down into broad-based exposure. Maybe you want to get a little bit more focused sector exposure, as well as maybe you have a specific idea you want to implement through a single commodity, and we have products in, in that suite as well. And so I'd say for those investors that are looking to you know, complement their existing diversified portfolios, you know, t take a look at the diversified commodity indices out there, such as the Bloomberg Commodity Index that we have products tied to, because it does offer those diversification benefits and can help increase the efficiency of your risk-taking and the efficiency of your portfolio by including an active allocation to commodities as well as precious metals. Now, if you want to be a little bit more tactical or opportunistic, you have an idea or outlook for a specific commodity or sector, you know, there are products out there that we have that you can you know, implement, but I would classify that as a shorter-term time horizon or you know, a shorter-term holding period and not really a a long-term strategic allocation. Okay, thank you. Well, we appreciate that. So uh, tell us a question we'd like to ask all of our guests here, Max. What, what keeps you awake at night? So besides the overnight trading in commodities markets uh, overseas, um, I would say you know it's a certain type of an anxiety, but not necessarily a negative or nervous anxiety. It's more of an excitement. Um, you know, I, I really do think that we're at this inflection point, you know, not even just in commodities markets, certainly, but even globally, um, where there's a lot of disruptive themes and, you know, and this, this could potentially create a lot of opportunities out there. You know, if you look at, for example, what's happening with 
uh, electric vehicles, what's happening with renewable energy, solar, wind, globally, what's happening uh, with automation, robotics. These all have implications that can certainly create opportunities out there um, in the sector I cover in commodities, is, but certainly, you know, what it has the impact for economic growth and other investment opportunities out there as well. You know, just to take it, for example, if you look at the solar power trend that we're seeing globally, you know, that has positive implications for silver, actually, because silver is a great material at reflecting and capturing solar energy and light and turning that into electricity. Additionally, sort of the push for renewable energy has certainly spurred that effort, and we've seen silver demand rise over the past couple of years due to uh, solar demand. And if you look at, say, you know, opportunities in just the electronics and the automation trend, you know, that certainly can spur demand for new types of materials and commodities out there, such as lithium for batteries, cobalt and graphite for electric vehicles, or even some of the most rarest earth metals out there that are used in our electronics in our pockets every day with our phones. And as we become more sort of elect, you know, electrified, more of an automated uh, global system and economy, you know, certainly demand for those materials will increase, and yet there is a lack of a supply chain there. So I'd say that excitement, it really keeps me at awake at night, is what's the opportunity that's going to you know, come today? Where are these disruptive themes that we're seeing and reading about every day? Where are they going to take us and you know, sort of where the opportunities lie there? Uh, you know, uh, Max, you bring that up. It, it reminds me, anytime I've looked at uh, uh, agriculture, for example, in, in the commodity space, I see uh, what, what a role two things play. One is the weather, and two is they seem to be very, very cyclical. And then we've heard lately about uh, rare metals and China and uh, some real political issues here. How do you recommend that people play those things, or do you just like this to be a passive investment? So it, it is challenging to get an investment play on some of these ideas at this stage. I think that's why it keeps me awake at night, excited, trying to think about the, these ideas. So accessibility is, is a bit of a, a burden or hindrance right now, but I think there are ways to uh, gain exposure, whether it be through manufacturers of some of these companies or even in the broader um, commodities markets that tie into that. So, for example, a lot of people are focusing on electric vehicles and sort of the rise from that and how that will weigh on traditional gasoline engines. But if you think about it, the demand for copper, which is, you know, by no means a new type of commodity, will, but it will see a, a steady rise, increase of demand for the battery technology as well as the wiring and increase of uh, electronics in those types of vehicles going forward. So I think that there are tangential ways to gain exposure uh, to some of these themes, but I, th- I certainly think that there are ways to, uh, you know, opportunities on the horizon to look towards these trends developing. We appreciate that input. Uh, so what book on investing would you recommend for our listeners here, Max? Yeah, I'm actually going to cheat and give you two um, suggestions. No problem. One that's sort of rooted in my portfolio construction background. I think it's a fantastic book written by one of the smartest guys in the street. Is uh, The Most Important Thing by Howard Marks. And if you don't know Howard Marks, he actually runs uh, Oak Tree Capital Management, and uh, he actually writes uh, you know, investment memos that are often uh, quoted in uh, news headlines and certainly great insights. And his focus is really on thinking about risk and you know, how you define risk, how you think about it from a philosophy standpoint, and how you implement it into markets and investing. And I really find that it, you know, his, just his thought process, his philosophy, really resonates uh, you know, very much so in line with you know, how, how I approach investing in markets. 
And the second option... Yeah, but before you move on there, uh, Max, let me just say that book has been recommended uh, by others, and uh, I got so motivated, I went out and bought it and read it, and no question about it. Howard Marks is a very clear thinker and writer, and he knows how to set down his thoughts in ways that are very easily understood. Not always simple, but easily understood. And these, as you say, are a series basically of, of little blogs or articles that he's written. And uh, I would echo your sentiments. An excellent book for anybody. Thanks. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great read for the, the, the everyday investor or the sophisticated investor. Right. Uh, the second book I would say is a, is a book uh, you know, rooted in an area I find very interesting. It's called Predictably Irrational by Dan Ariely. And it focuses on a lot of behavioral finance, behavioral economics topics. So it's a little bit more of a fun read. You know, it talks about some interesting biases that we as people have in our decision-making and how that's sort of rooted in uh, some things that we see in economics as well as just society. And I think that if you're interested in the topic of psychology and how that drives market behavior, certainly a great read from a, you know, a great economist. You know, uh, if my wife listens to this, she'll probably recommend that I buy and read that book here. So uh, I appreciate <laughs> that. Okay, so uh, final, uh, how can people find you guys here, Max? Yeah, so if you guys are interested, I put out a lot of research every month on commodities, the asset classes we, we cover, as well as my macro outlook. Uh, you can follow me at, at MaxwellGold1 on Twitter. And you can also find our more information on our products and uh, our, on my research at our website. It's etfsecurities.com backslash U.S. So, again, that's etfsecurities.com backslash U.S. Great. So final words for our listeners here, Max. Yeah, I would say for uh, certainly where we are in the markets today, um, strategic allocations are very important. Looking to where people are not looking at right now. Um, is a key for success, I think, in the short and medium term for a lot of investors. You know, equity markets are expensive. Uh, fixed income is expensive. You know, we're dealing with record low volatility. And it sort of brings me back to a favorite quote from Yogi Berra is, nobody goes there anymore, it's too crowded. And I think that really applies to the market environment we're dealing with today, and that if you look towards commodities and some other real assets and out there, you know, they are pretty, you know, relatively uh, inexpensive or cheap compared to the backdrop, and I think that there are some opportunities out there for long-term investors or even more short-term tactical investors in this space. Well, Max, thank you very much. You know, our show is all about alternative investments, and uh, ETF securities offering these ETFs on commodities certainly offers that, and so we appreciate that very much, and this, again, is an area that so many investors and even advisors are not that familiar with. So thank you very much for joining us and providing your insights here with us today, Max. Great. Thanks for having me, Charlie. So again, we've been talking with Max Gold, Director of Investment Strategies at ETF Securities. You've been listening to Strategic Investor Radio on OC Talk Radio, where we bring you investment strategies you are not hearing elsewhere. And uh, we'd love to hear from you. Contact us at Info at strategicinvestorradio.com. Go to our website to hear podcasts of all of our interviews and shows, strategicinvestorradio.com. I'm Charlie Wright, wishing you all an enjoyable week and productive investing. Strategic Investor Radio is a production of OC Talk Radio and is provided for educational purposes only. 
Content of this program and the views of the guests should not be considered as recommendations by OC Talk Radio or investment advice from the host, Charlie Wright, or any other entity attached to this production. Investors should always consult qualified financial, investment, tax, or legal professionals prior to investing.